0: Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine.
1: Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode 50, and we're gonna start today's episode by spotlighting Matt, who is from at WDW Paparazzi. We interviewed him back in episode 29. And Matt just recently released um, a fun blog post on February 6th titled, It's All About Mickey at Magic Kingdom in 2019. And I think really anyone who is kind of in the Disney realm right now can agree with that. And it's just a fun blog post on kind of his perspective on, you know, Mickey's big birthday celebration so I would definitely encourage you to go over to Hospitality Vitae and that's hospitality V-I-T-A-E, dot com. So go check him out. We enjoyed talking with Matt and we definitely like seeing what he's up to more recently.
2: Yeah, so we'll go ahead and we'll introduce our guest today, who is Danny Phillips. You need to know beforehand is that this is a similar thing since Danny has a podcast as well. She joined us as a guest over here at Detour to Neverland. And then Catherine and I were guests over at the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. And that's the one that Danny runs over there, a really great podcast. Fitness, you might not think it's for you, but Danny does a really good job of covering mental fitness. Of course, physical fitness, emotional fitness, kind of that all encompassing term going beyond just physical.
1: Which is kind of how we're able to you know, relate it back to Disney.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and more recently, she released a book called Healthy Disney, Your Guide to a Fit and Magical Vacation, and this is Volume 1, so there's lots of more great content coming from Danny very soon. So excited to chat with her today. We'll make sure that we link the book um, that you can go find over at Amazon and the Fitness Empowerment Podcast that you can find in our show notes. If you want to check those two things out, I'd love for you guys to go over and listen to Catherine and I's um, interview over there. Those are always fun to be in the opposite side, but cool. Thank you guys for joining us today. I'm going to go ahead and Danny, let's switch it over to you. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself tell a little bit about yourself and kind of your entire brand for someone who's not as familiar with you.
0: Absolutely. Brendan, thank you so much. And thank you, Catherine, for having me on the show. I'm really, really excited today. Um, I am the author of Healthy Disney Fit Guide. So it is the first volume and I'm a brand new author. I actually published this book in ebook format in December. So just over a month ago and actually I think it was yesterday it got approved on Amazon for the paperback. So now it's available on paperback but I am a I'm obsessed with health fitness and wellness. So I'm a fitness health and lifestyle entrepreneur. I've been in this field. I've, I've I guess you could say i practiced health, fitness, and lifestyle my whole life, but I've only really been in the field of personal training and nutrition consulting for about two years now. So that's fairly new as far as making it a business. And I kind of found through coaching people, especially at a gym that around spring break time last year, my clients i wouldn't hear from some of my online clients for about a week or i wouldn't i wouldn't see people in the gym and they would come back and they'd be like oh danny i totally fell off the bandwagon like i fell off my plan i totally binged when i was at disney i ate everything inside i couldn't even help it and like what should i do now i'm going to have to diet again i gained 10 pounds like what do i do and this thing was happening over and over and over again i was like okay I need to figure out a way to be proactive about this instead of reactive. And I would really wanted to write a book. I wanted it to be something about nutrition. And I'm really big on what's called flexible dieting or counting your macros. I don't know if you've heard of it. But it's instead of counting calories, you're getting more specific and looking at your fats, your carbs, and your proteins and finding the right proportions of macronutrients to fit your lifestyle. And so I was really into kind of writing a book on that direction. And then when all of this Disney, um, you know, adventurous eating popped up, I was like, okay, maybe that's the niche I need to go into. And I just felt really strongly about it. So I just sat down and kind of started writing and I've just felt really good about it. And everybody I talked to is like, nothing like that is out there that would be great. I always go to Disney and I always have a struggle when it comes to the food and I always come back and feel really guilty about what I didn't do while I was there or what I ate while I was there. So I just kept getting really positive feedback about including health and fitness into a Disney vacation. So that's kind of the gist of where the book started and the basics of how the nutrition and fitness piece came about.
1: That is so great. I love that whole story and just like the natural progression of everything, um, and just kind of how you saw a need for something and then you decided to fill that need. So that's really cool. Thank you. Um, so I guess our next question would kind of be, you know, what is your
0: Disney story? What's your connection to Disney? Sure. Um, I think a lot of people have a similar story in that it started as in in a childhood manner, right? So it my. My family is a bunch of road trippers, and I just, I can't remember a year in childhood where we weren't road tripping to Disney, and I lived in California for a few years as a younger child, and we went to Disneyland, so I don't remember a ton of Disneyland, but I remember Disney World. We would go just about every year, I mean, all the way up and through high school, and even to this day, my mom Probably goes five or six times a year. My sister actually lives in Orlando right now. She's going to school there. So um, I have a lot of excuses to go visit, but it's just been part of growing up. And I truly feel like it's one of the most magical places on the planet. I mean, I just feel like I can let everything else in the world go when I'm at Disney. Nothing else matters when I'm at Disney. I don't know. It's such a, it's just such a cool experience. You drive into that area and the whole rest of the world melts away. Just nothing else matters. And I just love that. And I want people to be able to go on that vacation and really be immersed in the enjoyment of their vacation and not have to feel guilty about it when they leave and come home.
2: Mm-hmm. We love the sister slash sister-in-law excuse
1: because
0: <laughs> Catherine's, <laughs> sister,
2: yeah, Catherine's sister lives in Orlando as well. And it's just like the perfect thing to say, oh, we can just go down there, stay for free. And it's the perfect like segue to get there.
0: Mm-hmm, it totally is. I've only been able to make use of that excuse once so far, but my sister only just got there last fall. So I will have to make it a continued excuse for the next couple of years while she's at UCF.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: You have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I love kind of what Catherine mentioned before, that you saw this natural need with your clients and the people that you were working with, that Disney was a struggle for people who were taking fitness seriously. Um, and so once you decided that you were going to write that book – what did that process look like? You know, how do you go about writing an ebook and then submitting it to Amazon to get it paperback form? Is that, you know, a big obstacle to overcome?
0: Yes, that is such a great question because I wish I had the answer to this question when I had started last year. I really don't think it was as difficult as I made it. And at the same time, it was extremely difficult. I think anybody who takes on the the project of writing a book is is really needs to just give themselves a pat on the back because it does take a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort. The actual process of like submitting it to Amazon is really simple. Once you have somebody to kind of guide you through it who may have done it before you, it took me the better part of a year with a lot of help to create the book. But it started off really without much of a plan other than I I did do a little bit of research. I was kind of like, all right, is there a book out there already that's focused on health and fitness at Disney? I couldn't find one. The closest thing I found was, I think it was something to do with like, how to avoid artificial dyes and excess processed food at Disney. But that was not the niche I wanted to go in. I wanted to talk about how you can incorporate exercise when you're there, how to find the workout facilities at the different hotels, and you know what healthy food is available to you, what modifications can you ask for, and things like that. So I couldn't find anything like that. The closest thing I could find was guide information on the Disney dining plan. So I started – With reading through other people's guides to see what else was out there. And I started with that as my guideline as far as, okay, let's look at the different parks and what restaurants are available. And these other places are talking about the different foods that are available in these restaurants. So maybe that's the outline that I need. And at first I was like, I'm going to write one book and it's going to cover everything Walt Disney World. And I very, very quickly realized that there is so much to cover with Walt Disney World that it could not be done in one book. So over the course of the year, it went from one book to, okay, this first book is just going to be how you plan your trip. We're not even going to talk about the individual parks because each park really needs its own book. There's just so much to cover. So it ended up being a planning phase book on, you know, how do you decide if you're going to drive or fly and how do you Think about your mindset before you even go. How do you handle explaining to your friends and family what your mindset is and what your plan of action is when it comes to eating some healthy food and indulging a little bit or making sure you get your workout in and the timing of everything and how it maybe needs to reflect your normal daily routine when you're at home and all of these different facets. And I ended up modeling that off of trips that I took last year where I actually did need to diet and I did need to maintain. So I compete in bikini bodybuilding for the National Physique Committee. And I had shows last year in uh, June and July. And so I went in May. And I so I knew I was like, okay, I want to enjoy a couple things, but I really have to stay pretty strict or I'm not going to be able to get on stage in a bikini and heels. And, you know, I really have to maintain my diet at this point, but at the same time, I want to enjoy my time with family. So I had to do a lot of planning for myself to figure out ahead of time, what can I enjoy and what do I need to bring with me? How much food can i bring into the park what snacks do i need to bring into the park and you know which meals can i actually sit down at a table service restaurant and enjoy with the family so it ended up being a lot of modeling after what i was doing and then figuring out how can i make this attainable and a simple approach for not just a bodybuilder but anybody who is looking to just maintain a healthy lifestyle and kind of the common theme of people in the gym was, I don't want to come back and have gained 10 pounds. So how can we keep people on track and have some of those fun things, but not go crazy. So I went three times last year and my third trip was in October. At that point in time, I had finished competing for the season But I still enjoy my healthy lifestyle. I know that if I don't work out for a couple days in a row, I simply don't feel well. So I wanted to go with the expectation that I was going to still work out every day and still maintain some of the higher protein snacks that I have throughout the day, but Still use the Disney dining plan and figure out what kind of modifications and things can I ask for? What can I ask the server about when it comes to the nutrition? What can I ask the chefs about? And what are they willing to do as far as accommodating my specific needs? And so it took a lot of research at the front end and then a lot of eating on the back end because sometimes you don't realize what questions you need to ask until the food comes out and you see what's on the plate. I actually took my digital food scale with me for both of those trips. And it's really funny, (laughs) the look that you get from some people when you pull out a digital food scale at a Disney restaurant. And um, security guards don't always like it when you're going through security <laughs> either. It's, it's, they're like, what is this and why do you have it? I'm like, it's for my food, I swear. Look, I have all of these meals prepped in my cooler bag. You have to believe me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, you can bring that in, but you might get some questions. <laughs> well, that is, I
1: mean, that is such an interesting take on, like, Disney planning in general because I think when me and Brendan think about Disney planning, it's all just, like, dining reservations and rides, you know, fast passes. But for someone who is, you know, really trying to stick to, like, fitness goals or, you know, a healthy lifestyle, those are really some conversations, like you said, with your family or things that you would need to consider that I had just never even thought about before. So, I mean, like Mm -hmm. you said, there's definitely a need for all this because, I mean – I would not even know where to start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I think you're. it's like what you said. You don't even think about it. And that's – honestly, a lot of people aren't searching for something like this yet. And mm-hmm. I say yet because it's going to become a thing. <laughs> I'm well, sure of it. <laughs>
1: and like you said about being um, proactive instead of reactive, no one thinks about it on the front end. until, mm-hmm. like you said, they come back from vacation and just feel like gross and awful about all the yummy stuff they ate. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And and that's that's the big key there is it, it's opening a conversation that people haven't even thought about having and letting them think, oh, I don't have to just be in the mode of I'm going to Disney, forget everything else. Like I'm just accepting the fact that I'm going to eat junk food for a week and I'll figure out the rest of it when I get back later. But that's not how it has to be. But we have to open that door for the conversation. Mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, you know, as you were writing this book, who is kind
1: of like your target reader? Who did you really have in mind as mm, you were writing? That's such a
0: good question because, like I said before, I really wanted to start off really detailed and focused on this nutrition. I was going to teach people, like, how to figure out your calories and your macros. And But you know what? That's way overwhelming for the person who simply wants to – eat a little bit healthier at the parks and not go overboard. And so I really wanted to cater to anybody and not necessarily anybody, but the person who is ready to make a commitment to themselves to take at least one step in a different direction. So in the beginning of the book, I kind of go through who this book is for and who it's not for. And it's for the person who's ready to take that step. So if you are in my shoes and you're Training for a bodybuilding show, which could take nine months to a year of dieting, but you you want to be able to enjoy some things with your friends and family over the course of that year. This allows you to do that. If, but at the same time, if you're the cheerleading mom who is, you know, going for a week to go watch your cheer squad, and um, you know they're gonna probably the kids are gonna indulge because they can. <laughs> You still want to be able to have some of those fun treats, but you also want to stay on track. The trip is for the kids and you want to enjoy yourself while you're there, but you don't want to go overboard. It's for the parent who's taking their kids and, again, wants to maintain some sort of a balance. You want to maintain your energy to take care of your kids and have fun while you're there. So it's for that person who is ready to make a change and is ready to do a bit of commitment to themselves and is ready to say, all right, I'm, I'm not going to go in blindly. I'm going to go do a little bit of research and I'm going to care a little bit (laughs) about what my plan is. And, um, I'm kind of, I'm going through chapter one is where I talk about, you know, are you ready for this guide? So it's for that teacher who's chaperoning the senior class trip. It's, you know, the person who's going with the cheer squad. It's for the athlete who doesn't maybe realize that there are athletic options that you can choose from at Disney, who doesn't realize that there are healthy options at restaurants. I know a lot of people who have just refused to go to Disney because they're still in the mindset of Disney is a theme park and it has unhealthy food. I can't vacation there. That's not the case. So again, we're opening the door for people who would absolutely love the parks, but they just don't realize that they can have a really great vacation there and still hit their health and fitness goals. So there's also a lot of people who go to Disney for business conferences, or they're in the Orlando area for conferences, and then the business dinners are at the park somewhere. So it's for somebody who's not necessarily there for vacation, but they want to go enjoy, like, one fun evening, and they want to keep it themselves in check, and they don't even know that that's a possibility. So anybody who wants that balance is who it's for. It's not specifically for a bodybuilder. It's not specifically for one type of person other than it's somebody who wants to keep that balance and they're tired of going on vacation and coming home with the same result. They want that different result when they come home.
2: It's for us, Catherine.
1: (laughs) It's for you guys. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) I mean...
2: We we right now have 5 trips planned to Walt Disney World in 2019 and we've discussed wow. that like if we continue eating like we were teenagers in the parks
1: oh <laughs> or just ever you know yeah, it's not we're in our mid
2: 20s now it, it, we we can't do that anymore so I love that I mean and I love that it's not cutting everything out that you can still indulge in the things that you want to Um, but it's all about having the right mindset and, and making sure balance. Yeah. And it's so so love that. So I, I think I wrote this down beforehand and it's something that people say all the time. Like if you read any Disney discussion board or anything, people will say
1: Instagram. Yeah.
2: Calories don't count in Disney. And I think (laughs) there's so many people. Obviously, a lot of people are joking about that. But I do think a lot of people take that to heart because they view it as, oh, well, I'm walking, you know, ten to thirteen miles a day. so mm-hmm. I can I can indulge in anything that I want to because I'll walk it off. So <laughs> kind of how do you interpret that? And what kind of mindset do you suggest people be in to to stay on track with their goals?
0: Ah, oh, so good. And it's funny you say that because, well, the last time I was at Universal, I I saw that pin or the same phrase on a pin on somebody's backpack and I took a picture of it and I posted it to Instagram and I was just like, oh, this kind of kills me inside. And somebody responded back and was like, why are you judging this person? And I was like, okay, I didn't mean it that way, but – It is also something that we should talk about. Calories are there whether you want them to be or not. And I get it. You're on vacation. You do want to have that flexibility to enjoy without the guilt. And I think that's really important. But at the same time, if you are somebody who is really, really immobile, maybe you sit all day for your job and you, you know, take the elevator and you just Say you just don't move a lot, you're not very active, then yes, maybe walking 10 to 15 miles a day at Disney is going to be a huge increase in energy expenditure for you. But if you are somebody who works out maybe three, four, five times a week, you get in a decent amount of cardio every day, you lift some weights, then simply walking around Disney is not going to give you a huge energy deficit that you might think. And you definitely can't think in the same terms of energy output and input. It doesn't balance out the excess amount of food that you eat that's high fat, high carb versus the amount that you're walking. It does not balance itself out, unfortunately. Now, you might be able to do that if you're tracking everything. But again, most people don't want to track everything to a T while they're there. It is possible. I have done it. But those, those occasions, I think, are very rare. So I think if you, I think the best approach if you want to make sure that you maintain your weight is to make sure that you plan in a very similar amount of workouts throughout your week that you might normally have when you're at home. So for me, I work out five days a week and I get in about 30 minutes of low-intensity steady-state cardio, and then about 45 minutes to an hour of lifting or resistance training. So while I'm at Disney, I I plan to go to the gym five out of the seven days that I'm there, and then I don't do excess cardio when I'm in the gym. I just lift in the gym because I know I'm going to get my cardio from walking around the parks. Now, if you're a runner, that's a little different than you may need to get in a jog Um, before, during, or after your day at Disney. I'm not a runner, so I can't relate to that, but I'm a lifter, so I can do that. Now, there's a ton of other stuff that you can do there. So if you are looking forward to, say, your week-long vacation at Disney, and it's supposed to be a break because you've been overworking yourself in the gym and maybe in your job, and you're just truly looking for relaxation, then I do recommend that you find something active to do while you're at the parks, but it doesn't necessarily need to be as strict and as regimented as your daily routine at home. So for example, you can maybe go ride Surrey bikes one day, or you can go and rent a canoe or a paddle boat from um, one um, one of the hotels and the resorts. There's, I mean, I have an entire list. You can go golfing. You could Of course, now I'm blanking. There's like 30 different types of activities that you can do in the different resorts and at the parks. And so I think as long as you're trying to stay active and you're not just eating and then sitting all day, then that's some sort of balance. I think it's really important to be active.
1: Yeah, and I mean, those are all great points. And like you said, when you really do look for it, Disney does have a lot of activity that doesn't necessarily seem like your typical – you know, go to the gym and work out for someone, like you said, who might be looking for more of a fun break type of workout, um, like swimming. That's the one that I always think of since you're in oh, Florida. Yeah, swimming. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, every resort has pools. So yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> so all of those, I mean, those are really great tips and suggestions for anyone looking for that kind of outlet. Um, but the other thing that me and Brendan really loved about your book is that when you talk about fitness, you really reference, you know, mental, physical, and emotional fitness. So what kind of led you to view fitness as like an all-encompassing term? Wow,
0: that's such a great question. You guys have great questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple different things, and you know, I didn't think about that beforehand. But if you don't have a mental commitment to something – you're not going to do it. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, it's not going to be long term sustainable. And so I don't like to t- think of fitness or dieting in terms of how do we reach this specific goal and then we have a cutoff point. That's that's not it. There's always gotta be something that comes later. We have to look at what's gonna help us in the long run. So it, you know, I don't like a lot of fad diets or fad fitness things because it ends at some point and then you're left with what? And so I think it's really truly important to find tactics and strategies that help you enjoy something for the long term. I'm a I'm a clinician for a company called The Diet Doc, and it's a permanent weight loss solutions and lifestyle program. And a really big part of what they coach us through um, as like trainers and owners and clinicians is the mental edge side of things. And I just think if you're not in a proper mental space, to approach your lifestyle, then you're you're probably going to fail. And I don't want to say that in a negative way, but I have a lot of clients who are very they work super super hard, but because they're stressed out or they're coming to the gym or they're approaching their business from a place of anxiety and stress all the time, they'll hold on to that weight and It doesn't matter how hard they work because their cortisol is up so high, they are so stressed out, they can't relax enough to start letting their body take over and do what it's supposed to do. So I just think that when you are coming into your workouts and towards your nutrition from a place of loving yourself, loving your body, and knowing that you're doing it because – you know, whatever goal you're working towards, you're doing it because you want to live a longer, happier, healthy life. That's where you're going to see the most progress. And so if you don't have that approach, you're not going to be able to back yourself up when it comes to other people asking you why you're doing it. So you have to have a reason for why you're doing it. It can't just be um, like a superficial reason or it's not going to be a long lasting um, thing that you're doing.
1: Yeah, that's a really great point. I guess I've never kind of thought about it that way. And even, you know, when you think about Disney, um, like how do you think Disney can help you kind of find like mental health, like that kind of mental emotional
0: break? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I don't know that Disney itself has focused on providing that. They've. I feel like they have advanced as far as making sure that they're – chefs and their managers and the people who work at the restaurants are really knowledgeable of the different types of foods that they serve. I mean, they are, they'll are. they answer your phone calls, they will come out to your table and they'll talk to you about the different ingredients used in things and they'll make sure that they can have meals prepared for you modified ahead of time to make sure that they reach your nutrition goals if you have a really specific concern like an allergy or something like that so I think from that point of view that's the direction they're going they definitely have some more kid-friendly options well okay healthy kid options so that parents can choose those healthier options for their kids but I think Disney, you know, it provides that magical space that I was talking about earlier. And for me, being at Disney takes away the stress of the rest of the world. It takes away the stress of life and phone calls and business things. And and so for me, I think that's probably the mental piece. I'm like, hey, I can put my phone away. I can be in this paradise where, like, it's just fun and it's easygoing. And so for me, that's where, like, the mental piece comes in and then – I do enjoy that they take care of that food aspect. I think there's a lot more that they can do and hopefully they'll take it there in the future, but I also get that it's probably very difficult to to put out nutrition facts on their meals because they change so frequently. I don't I mean, hopefully they'll get there, but I don't know if that will be a thing. I yeah. hope that answers your question. Oh yeah, that was great.
2: Yeah. And the other thing that I was going to say is that if you look at kind of the state of dining in Disney right now, kind of the way that Catherine and I view our vacations now is that Disney is our place to be a little more adventurous or try things that we wouldn't typically try, that it goes a little bit beyond, especially with all these festivals and Epcot, you can try Mm -hmm. foods from all around the world. And go beyond a cupcake or a corn dog or things like that, which we do enjoy. But <laughs> yeah. but there's ways that you can have some food on the healthier side and still, you know, advance your palate and, and try things that you wouldn't typically do.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. those Those Epcot booths, I think those portion sizes are awesome because when you look at those portion sizes compared to restaurant portion sizes, it's an unreal difference. I mean... It's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: One other thing I wanted to hit on, and it was something that Catherine and I, and when we went to Disneyland this past October with Catherine's sister as well, and I believe I heard you talk about this in the W or double uh, year WDW interview as well about how you can, if you maybe want that cupcake, if you share that with the other people that you're going with. That's a way for everybody to get to enjoy things. You still get to taste it. But you're not, you know, gorging yourself with with those those foods that you don't necessarily need to have a lot of.
0: Yeah, definitely. There are so many snacks out there, and you know, Disney pumps those smells into the park, and it's it just gets you. But a lot of times, you're dehydrated because you're walking around so much and you're hot. And so when you're dehydrated, a lot of times you think you're hungry or you're bored because you're standing in line. So you're thinking, ah, what can I do? I can munch on something. And so you all go to get a snack. That snack might end up being 300 calories and then you're full and you don't then want your full meal or you eat your whole meal anyway and you probably didn't need the whole thing. So in an effort to, A, not waste food and get the most out of it. Start with just getting one smaller item or the smallest portion of something, have everybody take a bite, enjoy it, and then you might realize that you're not hungry, but you did enjoy that bite of something, or then you realize, okay, I actually am hungry. Maybe we need to get through this line, go on the ride, and then actually sit down and have a proper meal.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that.
0: And we really I mean, that seemed
1: to really work for us too. I mean, like you said, we never felt like overly stuffed or like we couldn't walk or eat our meal, but it did help us also try all the different snacks we wanted.
2: I can I can honestly say one of the best benefits to that approach was that it saved us a ton of time. That we never had to sit down and eat a meal, that we were just kind of snacking and grazing throughout the day and, and trying the things that we wanted to.
0: Yeah there you go. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> So I think those are all really great topics and you had a really, um, you had really good insight to everything and kind of explaining what your book's about and how you can make better choices in Disney World. So our next portion of the interview is our Fast Pass round. So Brendan.
2: Yeah. So before we do that, let's hear a quick message from our sister podcast, Kingdom Outcast. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Outcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Yeah, so we'll just throw out these Disney topics if you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better.
0: Okay, I'm a little nervous. I did read through these <laughs> questions, but some of them I was like, oh, I don't even know if I have a specific answer. So we'll see how I do. <laughs>
2: all right. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. And if you have a favorite, which one it is and why?
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, I have been to Disneyland, but it's been a very long time. So I, I really don't remember much of it. And then I've been to Disney World, and I've been to all the parks over there. And I I'd have to say my current favorite is Animal Kingdom. I would agree with that. Why is Animal Kingdom your favorite? I love being outdoors and in nature, and I I just feel like even more so when I'm at Animal Kingdom that I'm separated from the rest of the world, and so I just feel really calm, and uh, it's just really enjoyable. I feel really at peace after I'm at Animal Kingdom.
2: Mm-hmm. Next one would be your Disney bucket list trip.
0: Ooh. It will have to be somewhere that I haven't been. So, I mean, I would would love to go to Disneyland Paris. That would be super cool. But any of the parks that I haven't been to yet. So I haven't been to California Adventure. um, I haven't been to any of the overseas Disneyland. So those are all on the bucket list. Mm
1: -hmm. Those are all good ones. What is your
0: favorite Disney resort? Wilderness Lodge. For sure. That's where we went for our honeymoon. And... I remember going as a kid, staying in the bunk beds, and I would happily go back. And again, I think it just has that woodsy, outdoorsy feel to it, and I really enjoy that.
2: Yeah, but if you like, just plop someone into Wilderness Lodge and said, "Where, where are you?" Nobody <laughs> would ever say Florida.
0: Like they no. <laughs>
2: disguise it so well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I can't wait to go back. <laughs>
2: So next one, got some strategy involved here. If you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which would it be?
0: Ooh. Man, that's a good question because I love Splash Mountain, but I I like walking through the line. I don't know that I want to skip it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, man. Oh, you know what? uh pandora like i think it's a fun ride but man i would never wait in line for that nope maybe maybe 15 minutes but i would i'll skip that one every time to just enjoy the ride (laughs) yeah that's that's quite the line (laughs) on that one
1: yeah so sticking with rides which ride do you think is due for an exit or a
0: refurbishment okay i did think about this one beforehand I think Carousel of Progress, and I know it was—I want to say it was refurbished a couple years ago. But I think technology has advanced in a different way that they projected it was going to advance. So I feel like it—it's due for for a technology update. I want to see what Disney thinks the future of Disney looks like.
2: <laughs> It'd be so interesting if that ever happened. Because how yeah. would they like <laughs> preserve Walt stuff on it? I—I I don't That'd know. That would be tricky you'd have a lot of people who are <laughs> holding their breath uh, but that would be interesting to see for sure
0: maybe they just need to expand it so not changing the current rooms but like making it a bigger one so that you add another section onto it
2: i like that yeah that'd yeah. be cool
0: cuz i love what's there i don't want to change it but i just feel like we've progressed so much more i want to i want to know what happens next
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is a little bit weird to like get to that last scene and be like this is so outdated. Yeah. It's supposed to be the future. <laughs> yeah. So next one will be your favorite snack or a go-to snack in the parks.
0: Okay. It's, it's Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go get my coffee from Starbucks. I don't, I don't have a favorite Disney like shaped snack or anything like that. And, um, I might have to find one because I love the snacks there, but I don't have a specific one when I want, something to indulge in. It's it's something that's new and different that I haven't tried yet. But you best believe if I don't have Starbucks, my day has not started right.
2: <laughs> Starbucks just tastes better like in the Disney Parks cups.
0: For sure. <laughs> it does. It's gotta have the little Mickey heads on them. Uh, yeah. So then what is your favorite
1: table service restaurant and your favorite quick service restaurant?
0: Mmm. I was really impressed on my last trip with Skipper Canteen. and I, c- I can't wait to go back actually. I was just really surprised at the like the freshness of the food and the modifications they could make. And, you know, I found tofu and grilled chicken and grilled steak and lots of fresh salads and just a lot of fresh ingredients. And I felt like it was a hidden gem because as many times as I've been to Disney World, I've always just walked right by it. And so my whole family was like, wow, this is really, really good. So right now, that is my – that's my favorite table service restaurant. Quick service restaurants. Now, I haven't tried them all, but I was pretty impressed at the – all-Star music resort, they actually had a really good quick service restaurant in there. I think we had the first night I was there, my sister and I had some some grilled chicken and steak, and it was just really good. And they had um oh fried plantains came along with my meal and it was just fantastic.
2: Interesting. We have not tried either of those places.
0: No, we haven't. Oh, and they have the edible cookie dough, which so chocked full of sugar. I mean, <laughs> but it was really good. <laughs>
2: Definitely Not one of those healthy. things to split.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, three little scoops. It looks tiny, but you could split it between three people for sure.
2: <laughs> so next one would be your favorite character meet-and-greet moment.
0: Hmm. You know, we had a lot of fun going to the Crystal Palace with all the Winnie the Pooh characters. I just felt like they were they were super friendly and they were funny. Like, even though they are in their character costumes... I felt like they were really in character when they were trying to like act and pose for the pictures, and so we got a lot of really good candid photos from that. Oh, that's fun! We'll have
2: to post our Crystal Palace pictures from 2011 whenever we ate there. Oh
0: yikes! Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but they were. That was a fun time. It was. So, then what is your favorite Disney movie? I
0: love Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh, we have not heard that one. It's it's an old one. It's one of those where it's it's like partially cartoon and partially real life. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's it's a really random one, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but if it, the first one's that other people might really know. I love Beauty and the Beast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Both good choices. Next one would be your favorite Disney song.
0: there's i don't know the name of the song but it's in uh, the princess and the frog and it's one that tiana sings and my sister sang it in a pageant that she was in a few years ago and so i wish i could remember remember the name of it but i don't but all, all the songs in that movie were just so fabulous like just so from the heart you know
2: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say the only two Princess and the Frog songs I know either "Almost There" or "Down in New Orleans." Mm. I don't know.
1: I'm trying to think too. Now I can't think
0: of them, but I do like the message behind all those songs. Mm-hmm. And it's I guess it's kind of I don't need, you know I don't even know why she chose that movie, but we're our family's from right outside of New Orleans, so it was it was very fun. It was very fitting. Uh, yeah,
1: that is fun. So then what is your favorite Disney quote, either from
0: Walt or any of the movies? Oh, gosh. And, you know, I don't even have – I don't have an exact quote for you either. (laughs) However – What I remember enjoying from my last trip, there's so much construction going on at Disney. And so I was really inspired as an entrepreneur, reading the quotes that are all along the walls of the construction, because I was like, yes, I can do this. I can build something like Walt believes in me. (laughs) So um, I just, all those little quotes, it doesn't, you know, it's not like it has to be a paragraph long. There's so many small phrases that are just like, so magical and so inspiring. And I took pictures of a bunch of them, but I, I don't know them off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, I love looking at those too. The last question of the Fast Pass round would be your favorite Disney Parks memory.
0: When I was, I want to say I was 10, I broke my foot before I went to Disney. And I had felt really guilty about leaving because I was a gymnast. And so I had felt guilty about leaving like practice and stuff for the week. And then after I broke my foot, I was like, oh, it's like a free pass. And at this point in time, it was still the paper fast passes. And I just remember because I had a broken foot, we got to the front of every line. I was like, this is great. We can be injured and go to Disney whenever we want. I'll just keep the boot for another time. So I mean that maybe it's not the most magical, but that's the one that kind of pops out at the moment. Like that was fun. I love that I remember being there as a kid, and you know they they made extra special magical moments because I was injured. And so it was just that was cool.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Those cast members can make all the difference in creating memories. I love that.
0: They truly can. And I will say the last trip I went on, this was not a a magical moment for me, but we were there with a friend and her six-year-old for the first time. And it was a day where this six-year-old was just not having it. However, there was a woman who was taking our photograph right outside of Ariel's grotto. And she she got us into the front of the line to go see Ariel. She was so that we were trying to get the six year old to smile for the picture. And she was like, I'll take you to go meet Ariel if you smile for this picture. So she turned around and she smiled and we got to go meet Ariel. And oh my gosh, props to the girl who was playing Ariel because she made us all laugh until we were crying because she brought out her she brought out you know the the fork to to brush her hair but she was she was telling the six-year-old she was like guess what i have and i don't even remember what she called it a dingle hopper or something like that and she was like it's a dingle hopper and the six-year-old goes um no It's a fork. And we were just (laughs) crying. We were laughing so hard. It was hysterical. But props to that cast member for just making it a better day, not just for the six-year-old, but for all of us. That was a really magical moment for everybody.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So our very last question, Danny, is... Something we ask all of our guests, and it's if you're looking, um, if we have a listener out there and they're looking to jump in and become a Disney content creator or create some Disney inspired products on Etsy or whatever it might be, and they're looking for that right first step, what would be your advice to that person?
0: Oh my goodness. I would say don't focus on what everybody else has out there. Focus on what feels good. And if it feels good and if it feels right, you have to go for it, and and that's going to make all the difference in the world. Because even though my book is brand new, and I know it's it takes a lot for somebody to create something, I mean, it takes a long time to take an idea and put it into fruition. Um, if, some, if somebody had told me that, you know, oh, you know, there's tons of Disney dining plan guides out there, there's tons of D- Disney travel books out there already, like, don't even try you know, that might, that could get you down. Um, so if, if it feels good, if it feels right, and if you believe in it, you have to go for it and just don't give anybody else a second thought.
2: Love that.
1: Yeah, that definitely feels like a very
0: Walt kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I believe it. That's been, I feel like that's something I've been saying from the beginning. I've, I've said it feels good. It feels right. Like I knew I wanted to write a book, but until it felt good, I didn't sit down and do it. So It was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, we have had an absolute blast in this interview. We've learned so much. We've had, you know, some really great discussions that I think are so valuable for our listeners. So, Danny, one last thing. How can our listeners connect with you and where can they find the book as well?
0: Oh, yes, great question. And and thank you both for having me. I feel like your questions challenged me, so that was really fun. It's really it's cool to be on the other side of the interview. So, <laughs> thank you for allowing me to be on your show. Um, but I can be found in a couple different places. So, I have a podcast called The Fitness Empowerment Podcast. And really the easiest place to find me on any social media is just go to my website. It's dannyphillips.com and that's D A N Y E PHILLIPS and you can find my YouTube channel there, you can find my podcast there, you can find the link to my ebook there, you can find my Instagram channel, Instagram channel, just my Instagram there. <laughs> <laughs> so everything is on my website or my website can get you anywhere else. And then the book is on Amazon, so it hopefully I'll have it in other places at some point, but right now it's it's just on Amazon. So if you go over there just type in Healthy Disney and it'll be the first book that pops up.
2: Yeah. All well, right, that's easy. Yeah, and like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is part 1 of our crossover episode. So, we're going to be on the other side of this and being interviewed by Danny. So, uh yeah, we highly suggest, we'd love if you guys would would go listen to us over there.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, awesome. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining us. We had a blast.
0: Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, and I'm excited to turn the tables and interview you guys in a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.